0: Hey friends, welcome to Because She Chose. If you're a busy mom desiring consistency and growth in your relationship with God, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Camille McIntyre. In this show, we'll discover practical tips, find helpful resources, and interview amazing women as they share their stories on growing in their relationship with God. Thanks for joining in and listening. Welcome back to Because She Chose. This is the podcast for busy moms and overwhelmed women just like me, Camille McIntyre, your host. I'm here today to just end season three with a very short introduction to season four. Now, the reason I'm taking a little bit of a break, I really felt the Lord was saying there is a new season upon you and it's time to take a little bit of a break, take a breather, get some redirection, get some clarity, get some strength and get some rest. So I'm here just like you are, listening and trying to do all the things as a busy mom. And sometimes, you know what? I preach all about self-care and I'm going to do that for myself. So I'm going to take a little bit of a break with the podcast and come back to you in the beginning of November with a whole new season and some new ideas. And I'm really excited about it. But what I wanted to really speak to you about is, like I said, this is a new season, right? Of course, it's autumn and. Even here in New York City, it's beautiful. The weather is absolutely gorgeous now in the mid-60s, and we're going to start to see the leaves start to change and the beautiful colors. It's really one of my favorite, favorite seasons, my husband's favorite season. But the reason I say it's a new season, it's not just because it's getting cooler temperatures and it's going to be sweater weather or anything like that. It's honestly, as Rosh Hashanah had begun just this past Friday, it's something called the year of the door. You hear a lot of people, if you're in any of the prophetic circles, you hear a lot of people talking about what this new year means. It's 5784 in the Hebrew calendar. And I love the idea of the year of the open door because open doors mean so much. I mean, I'm going to speak a little bit about what they mean and some of the things I've been listening to and some of the different prophetic voices that are out there right now and everything sounds amazing. Because when you think of an open door, what do you think of? You think of new opportunities and new ideas and maybe new exploits and different things like that. And yes, while that all is true, and while I believe that that is really what God is saying, I also believe that there's a very spiritual meaning to what the open door that God has for all of us as a corporate body, as the bride of Christ. I believe that God has open doors for each individual person. Whatever that looks like for you will be different. It could be um, a new open door to ministry, a new open door to a different job. It could be a lot of things. But what I love about it is that in the ancient Hebrew, it actually means that the modern Hebrew name for it is called Dalet, D-A-L-E-T, and it means door. So the word Dalet is a derivative of the parent root doll. And also it means, like I said, door. So in the book of Acts, we find this account of Peter and Cornelius, and it's a story illustrating how God was willing to open up doors for the purpose of spreading God's word. It's really spreading the kingdom message, which is the gospel, the good news. It's that Jesus Christ is the savior, the son of the living God. And all of this was contingent upon the faithfulness of one person at this moment, or I won't even say faithfulness as much as I will say obedience. And this is Peter because the Lord spoke to Peter in a vision and commanded him not to call any man unclean. And you can read that in Acts 28. And this was very difficult. This was a command that Peter was resisted at first because he was a Jew. He felt he was a good Jew and he was following the law of Moses. But Peter had to step out in faith because the Lord wanted him to go and actually share the gospel message with the Gentiles. And by obeying that command from the Lord Peter, open the door for all Gentiles, all non-Jews, that would be me, to be accepted into the church. It is really this really crucial moment in the New Testament, in the early time of the church. So not only did this event open doors for non-Jews like me, to become a Christian, to become a Christ follower, it also showed that God was working in new ways that they had just never seen before. So God had chosen Peter and Cornelius to bring about the significant change in the church and one that we would see salvation spread throughout the New Testament as far as and as wide as the nation of Israel. It's such a powerful example about how our obedience, even the obedience of one man it could be just you right now, mama. Maybe God's calling you to an open door, not to open it, but as he opens it, that maybe he wants you to trust him and obey him and walk through it. Maybe there's a little push right now. I mean, I've been feeling it myself. That's one of the reasons why I'm going to take a break as well, just to get kind of a new wind. And I really feel like God is leading me in places that I never thought was possible, Just is what he did with Peter. Peter did not understand the vision that he was seeing. And God was trying to push him forward and say, I want this gospel message to go to the ends of the earth and not just to stay in your small circles. So friends, God is really still in the business of opening doors. And I believe that he wants to open them for you. So whatever that looks like. So the word of the year, a lot of people are saying are open doors for Joseph's. If you look at the life of Joseph, he was living towards the end of his story in this place called Goshen. It's like they say this Goshen season. So what does that all mean? What does that mean for you even? But all my life, I can't even tell you, you'll go back in some of these podcasts and you'll hear me talking a lot about being in different circles and different prophetic pastors and ministers praying over me and telling me, That all they could hear was Joseph being spoken over my life. And I don't really like that because if you read back (laughs) about the story of Joseph, it wasn't a pleasant beginning. It was a great ending, but not a great beginning. I mean, it goes back all the way to, you know, Jacob has, he's his favorite son and he gives him the coat of many colors and he's favored. And Jacob's other sons are really jealous and not very happy and they sell him into slavery. And if you go back and you read the whole story, it's pretty amazing. But what they're saying is that Josephs that have been going through their difficult seasons, that they're about to break through and come out of their prisons. That they're going to steward a harvest season of like living in this place called Goshen. Goshen was a very blessed place for him. He had to go through the prison, yes. He had to go through slavery and all of the things for many, many years. But towards the end, God's divine strategy was that he was going to be empowered in his season, in his Goshen season, to be brought before Pharaoh and to save many lives. All of the things that happened to him in all of his life was culminating in that one moment that Joseph, he had to trust God and he had to realize that God was working behind the scenes. That even though sometimes you may feel overlooked, I know I felt that, I felt forgotten, I felt like, God, where are you? You've said many, many things to me over the course of 20, 30 years, and I'm still waiting. But I really believe like this new season that God is bringing us into this open door, I think that we're going to be seeing some amazing things. And they're saying that these Josephs have helped people just like Joseph has helped people. I know my husband and I have been in ministry. We've helped many people throughout the years but I love what Genesis 40, 14 says. And it says, but when all goes well with you, remember me and show me kindness. Mention me to Pharaoh and get me out of this prison. I'm thinking of poor Joseph. If you've ever gone and, and watched the movie about Joseph's life, it's a cartoon. It's so beautiful. And there's this moment I've talked about it on the podcast before where he's in the prison and he's just like god why and he's raising his fist to god and there's this very small plant in the ground and it, it, you could tell the prison is just very dry and barren and there's a small hole in the roof and as it rained there were some little drops falling on this plant and throughout his time in that prison he's waiting and waiting but while he's waiting he's coming to a place of surrender to God. And the ending of that moment is when they come back for him and break him out of the prison and say, okay, here the door is now open. He leaves behind this beautiful tree that he cultivated and brought a little water to. And during that time, God was breaking down his walls, breaking down things inside of him. It was awful for him. I mean, think about it, radio silence, (laughs) complete silence from God. And he's like, get me out of this prison. And then all of a sudden here, Pharaoh comes and asks for him by name. And that door is opened. Doors that were closed for so long that he never thought would be open. And here he's walking through the door and it's elevating him. Whatever doors are closed or you felt have been closed to you, pray and ask the Lord and say, God, give me the strength to go through whatever it is that you're going through. I don't want to go through any wrong doors. Because if you know about the story of Joseph, he was tempted by Potiphar's wife and he had closed the door that basically had elevated him to that position because there is Potiphar's wife wanting to, she's like chasing him down. She's hunting him down. And he's like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. And he closes the door, but it's like, did he close the wrong door? I'm sure he second guessed himself because he ran away and said, I'm not going to do the wrong thing with you. And he's like, well... Have I been demoted? Like, I thought God was going to elevate me. It's just those things were going from bad to worse, it seemed like for him. But Joseph was thrown into that prison, but God appointed a door for it to be opened that would lead him out to preserve his whole entire nation and also nations around them throughout a famine. So, listen, sometimes open doors can seem really meaningless. Open doors. Like, wait, do I want to go through that door? Do I overlook this door? You know, sometimes doors don't seem to be very glamorous. Listen, (laughs) that door didn't seem very glamorous. The woman was chasing after him and he's like, I'm going to close that door. But if you have discernment in what God is telling you to do, the Spirit's going to lead you. Sometimes you have to close the door. Some doors are not appointed by God to be opened. Sometimes they get opened by fleshly desires. I want that door open. I'm going to open it myself. Listen, that never goes well. So sometimes doors that are closed may seem like an end to something. Maybe they're just a beginning. Maybe it's God's like timing. Maybe he's like, hey, keep that door closed and trust me because I'm going to teach you some things. (laughs) least of all will be patience. But the other thing about this new season that I'd love to discuss is like there's four main themes. That come out of joseph's life The first one is forgiveness. Listen, I can't even imagine My brothers and or sisters selling me into slavery I can't imagine it and and being lost for so long from his family And from his father And in the end if you realize at the end of that situation, he forgives them He doesn't respond in kind to them. He could have he could have had their lives in his hands But here he is giving unconditional forgiveness. I think that we need to look at that and follow it. The second theme or pointer that Joseph's life really shows us is we need to understand that this is all about God. It really isn't about you. Yes, he loves you. Yes, he has a plan for you. and That's all well and good. But most of the time, God has a divine plan because he wants to have something shown through your life that's going to bring him glory. That's a key theme. Listen, I'm sure Joseph's story and his unwavering belief was amazing. I'm sure at, at, towards the end, he was probably like, I'm done circumnavigating and trying to figure all this out on my own. I don't know, maybe you feel that way right now. But I know that sometimes it can just be just as easy to just flip the switch and say, God, I'm going to focus on you and not on my circumstance. When you do that, you're not going to allow yourself to be distracted from what God has for you. You're not going to be sulking. You know, maybe he did sulk. Maybe Joseph was sulking in prison saying, "What well, is was me. I don't know. But towards the end, it looked like he was attending to someone else. If you understand that he was in the prison with the baker and the butler, and he's asking them, why do you look so worried? You could read it in Genesis 40. I think it's verse 7. And he's asking these fellow prisoners, what's wrong? It really did unlock this door. And that door swung wide for him because he invested in someone else. Instead of just being angry and, and not being interested in these other prisoners, then it introduced him into the third thing that we can really, the pointer that we can take from it is we rely on God as the gift giver. Because Joseph's gift was to interpret dreams and with great accuracy. So here he is, they're telling him, well, we had these dreams, but there's nobody to interpret them. And then right there, Joseph's like, don't worry about it, (laughs) I got the interpretation. He says, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. So he's using the gift that God had given him that he knew he had, but he's basically still saying they come from God, not from me, they come from God, giving God the glory. And the fourth thing is, Do you have like a spirit of excellence? I was thinking about this the other day. Like Joseph's story, you see him walking in excellence in whatever he does. He's elevated to and promoted into these positions of high authority and he's standing out from amongst the rest in, I think it's Genesis 41, you could read that towards the end of the chapter. And what can you learn from that example that no matter what your role is in life, mama's you're thinking, I can't do this. I'm, all I'm doing is washing dishes and laundry and feeding my kids and shuttling them around to school and homework and you're doing all those things. This is not small. No role is too small that God has placed you in. So strive for excellence in whatever you do and because it brings God honor and gl- brings him glory. I wrote down something about God preserving Joseph. God was preserving him in those moments, protecting him, even when he was in prison, waiting for the moment to bust him out through that open door and elevate him to Pharaoh's right hand. So following Joseph's example, use the gifts and the talents that God's given you, mama. Read your Bible and then interpret the scriptures in a way to your children at bedtime even. Listen, this is no small thing. It's huge. I look back on what I've taught my children. It is invaluable. This is the season that God has you to sow and to be in obedience. Listen, I'm not saying it's perfection. It's hard. But I'm talking about obedience. Those who faithfully ensure that you are doing what is right in the eyes of the Lord, let me tell you, I don't know of too many people that God does not open amazing doors for that become obedient to him and to his path, his purpose for your life. So I believe that God is really preparing all of us. I believe all believers in whatever capacity you have to walk through some open doors this year. You need to discern truly what God is speaking to you. Discernment is the key right now. Because when you look at even scripture in the end of the book, think about Revelation 3. Jesus is standing there in this vision and he's speaking to the church in Philadelphia and he says, behold, I have set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. It's the experience of the Philadelphia church and they're in severe persecution. You might feel like you're in severe persecution right now. Like I can't take another minute of this, God. I need to break out of this season that I'm in. I'm drowning. But yet here God is saying, they're being commended. Jesus is commending that church because she's being steadfast. And he's reminding them that that open door he has set before them, it can't be shut by anybody. And the open door, what even is the open door that he's opening to the church members in Philadelphia there? It's saying they are being thrown out into the streets. They are out of the synagogues. And Jesus is reminding them that they had entrance into the kingdom of God. He's saying, not only are you my children, but now you're being commissioned to go out and preach the gospel to others. So we're supposed to be seeking out others and calling them to repentance and faith. I love it so much. I mean, this is the open door. If you go a little bit to, I think it's the first verse. It says, after this, I looked, there's this open door. It's a standing before me in heaven. And this voice is speaking out and there's like a trumpet, it says, and it's saying, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. And then Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you understand what he's saying in John 10, 7, Jesus is like, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And here he is, he's saying, I'm the door, but yet I'm also standing at the open door. I'm saying, come on in, come on in. If you hear my voice, come on in. I want to have dinner with you. I want to restore you because he says, I'm the door. And if anyone opens and enters by me, he will be saved. And you're going to go out and says, you're going to find peace and pasture. So I don't know what you need to be doing right now. There's got to be three different things that you're looking at in this new season. You got to be looking at your heart of worship. That's what the Lord really wants. No matter what you're going through, whatever chaos, he wants to see a heart of worship, obedience, and humility in this new season. I fully believe that. Those three things take into the new season with you. Because I believe doors of territories are going to be opened. I believe harvest, the harvest of souls is upon us. I believe that God is bringing finances, freedom in your finances. I believe God is giving you favor. The Bible says he will give you favor with, with him, with himself, with God, and with man. And there's also, I believe, deliverance. I believe that God wants to deliver you. He wants to free you from bondages that have been long over you and your families. So I'm praying that with all of this, this all of this information of the open door for the new year, that Holy Spirit will guide you further and that he will show you the prophetic meaning for this year for you. Because it'll be different for everyone. It won't look different. It might look for me, he might be opening different doors of opportunity to serve others in need or our church members maybe to go out there and win some some souls I don't, I don't know what it's going to look like, but all I know is that God is saying he is going to open a door for you. It might be more than that. My word for the year, 2023 has been enlarge. And I've read every scripture on enlarging, but mainly it's first Chronicles 410, the prayer of Jabez. It says he wants God to enlarge his territory. He says, oh Lord, that you would enlarge my territory, that you would basically keep me from evil. He wants him to bless him. Oh Lord, that you would bless me indeed. And then there's another scripture in Isaiah 54. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent wide and don't hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. There's a lot going on out there. And the Lord wants you to be in a place where he can enlarge your capacity. So be fearless of the future. Trust him with every single aspect of your life. Let him stretch you. Enlarge your capacity to believe him for more in every area, whether it's your finances, career, your family, ministry, health, whatever it might look like. Maybe it's the harvest of souls. Pray and believe that God's going to help you as a worker in the harvest field to bring in more into his family. So I'm praying for you. I can't wait to connect again with you in November. And this is wrapping up our season three. I can't wait to show you what God has up ahead for us. Sisters, be blessed. I'm so grateful for you that you're in this Because She Chose community. Blessings to you all. Thanks so much for joining me today on this episode of Because She Chose. I hope you found some encouragement and help to find time to grow in your faith. Let me know if today's episode resonated with you and send me a message on Instagram at Camille underscore McIntyre or at Because She Chose, also on my Facebook business page, Camille McIntyre. If you are loving what you are hearing, make sure to follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode and leave me a review and rating. Until next time, take care.